Hey, Wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 427 of the JV Club. It's the boys of summer. Hmm. That, not really the tune. Not really the tune. I can never, ever blame any of my boys of summer when I actually remember to have them sing it for not knowing it because that was abysmal. Anyway, I just want to welcome everyone into this delightful episode with Colt Cabana. What a joy. What a treasure. May I say, what a national treasure. And speaking of national treasures, I do also feel I must recommend a new podcast that I am co-hosting. I am hosting it uh, with my dear friend Dante Bosco. It is called Braving the Elements. It is a podcast about all things Avatar, The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, and beyond. We are recapping, yes, season one of The Last Airbender, but it is a podcast chock full of interviews with the cast, creators, choreographers. I mean, we are digging in. It has been so fun. Such a blast. I've laughed so much. And of course, there's just a lot to celebrate about that show. So check that out anywhere you get podcasts, Braving the Elements. And now let's get into this episode with Colt. Why am I wasting your time when you've got Colt waiting for you on the other end of this intro? Enjoy the episode. And so did you say you're in Chicago? I'm in Chicago. And are you from Chicago? I'm from Chicago. We well, Chicago. no, I got to take that Uh-oh. back. Here we go. I got to take that Let back. Let the lies begin. I was Just that guy. Just them. Mm, I am from the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. I, you know what? I respect your decision to make yourself less cool by admitting that you're from the suburbs. It really hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> are you from, you're from the Bay? Is that right? No, no, I lived in San Francisco for a million years, and I still have a comedy festival up there. But I am originally from Tucson. And, oh, well, there's um, no there's there's, there's no, no coolness in saying I'm from the streets of Tucson or the cul-de-sacs like of, of the Tucson. Hills of Tucson. Yeah, yeah. No, but I will say this: my dad was born in Evanston and went to high school in Willamette before the whole family moved to Phoenix, Arizona. So there's an un- that's a couple of uncool suburbs of Chicago, right? Mm, I mean, Evanston is the closest suburb to being in the city, Evanston mm. and Skokie. Okay. So you you could basically be like, I grew up right next like I mean, I'm I grew up 30 minutes outside of Chicago. Okay. But I, you know, we we went into the city enough, but yeah, it does hurt. Like there's there's just something about a kid saying like, yeah, I grew up at Fullerton and 46th or whatever, you know? Right. As opposed to me being like, yeah, I grew up next to the Ed DeBevix in Deerfield, Illinois. <laughs> <you know? laughs> How many Deerfields are there? They've got to be like 11 There, I mean, Deerfield must be... Deerfield, Maine's Fairfield, like uh, Springfield. There's Jesus. a lot of. There's now lot of you're really making me feel less important. This there couldn't be a more common place to come from. <laughs> the Midwest of mm. the most cliche. Uh, no, I, it's told. It's. I feel no. I feel there was just a lot of deer running around our area in the 1840s. Yeah. And it was very important that they <laughs> called it what it was. It I, was crucial. Yeah, I think there's a Deerfield Beach, Florida, and a Deerfield, Massachusetts, but I'm sh- that, those are the two I know of. And I always, would, as a kid, obviously, or like in college, if someone was like, oh, I've heard of Deerfield, and then it wasn't my Deerfield, I would get very salty about it. Yeah, you would be like, ours is spelled F-E-I-L-D. Mm. Uh, oh, I still so don't please. know how to spell it. <laughs> I, it's, is it I-E or E-I? I, I think it's I-E. 
Except after C, those, maybe? Yeah, exactly mm. right. Those things uh, did not make that much of an impact on me. Or like I know why my dad was an English teacher, so I can look at something and understand that it's wrong, but I don't necessarily have any retention as to like why. It's just sort of a, it's like I have a feeling, I got a hunch that's spelled wrong just by looking at it. But so I do it. enjoy, I mean, I have, right, I have no pride in whether the grammar is correct or not, but I enjoy telling somebody they're wrong about it. I'll tell you that much. Great. <laughs> Which is more a me thing than anything else, but that's right. I've, I've that's recognized right. it, you know. <laughs> that's. A, I feel like that's a fun part of our kind of social evolution is now we are more open as a culture about admitting our sort of like the things about us that would frustrate others and but then that we sort of stop there like yeah i mean i'm this kind of person but i said it we, uh, right, we don't we don't do I, any I, work about it that's right that's right <laughs> why would but we? i'm owning it i'm owning it yeah uh, and i feel like i'm a better person because i am owning it and saying that i'm yeah. owning it but you're right i mean i do maybe it's also that's just not that big of a deal it's not like you're like uh, listen i like murdering people but i own it I own it. I've taken many lives, but I'm acknowledging it. It's yeah. not that bad. I, I, an hour ago, I felt like I was a better person. And now you've taken this power away from me. That's my job. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a power vampire. Just a simple <laughs> power vampire. Does, yeah. You, well, I feel there's a garlic joke in there. I didn't know where it placed. So you can put it in yourself. I don't know. I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll do some light editing after this is Thank all you. over. Put it in post. I'll throw my in. Joke. I'm going to work on an impression of you, so I won't even need your pickups. I'll just do my own interpretation of Cole Cabana's speaking voice. It's going to be pleased. Have you done? You've done. You've done ADR before, right? I have. Yeah. I, I, I've done like some really fun, like not real actor acting jobs and I did a I was on Chicago PD and I had like seven lines and they called me in for ADR and that was harder than doing oh, I had so never hard. done that before yeah it's they were like you say awful. it like this not like this and I was yeah. like what I don't know I just said yeah. it what you and make sure make sure you match your lip flaps yeah. lip flaps is not a term that you're gonna hear a lot of places I can think of a few where it might not mean what you think it means. Mm -hmm. uh, in ADR, lip flaps is it like it makes you hate your own mouth. It makes you hate like going into ADR. I don't love watching myself on screen already, and then having to somehow hear how I said something and be told why it doesn't work, and then be told like you now match that, but make it more alive somehow Ooh. or whatever it was that that wasn't working. It's tough. I, I mean, I only did it once, but I did love that you. I was like, and I get paid more to do this. That. Very nice. That yeah. was a good part. Yeah, yeah. Pay me to fix this. Absolutely. That <laughs> right. I, if that's part of the deal, I'll screw up everything I do, that's I feel. <laughs> that's the lesson you took away. 100%. I'm just going to mealy mouth my entire, I'm going to really funky and then, but I'll articulate my lip flaps. I'm going in. I'm going back. I'm going back in for sure. And if you are at home taking a shot every time you hear lip flaps, lip flaps. you are hammered. Lip flaps. Everybody, lip flaps. Please do not get in a car after this podcast. Lip flaps. <laughs> yes. uh, did, what was, so what was your role on Chicago PD? And is that how does that come to be? Like, do you have uh, an agent who sort of is across the board and fills the needs of a professional wrestler and also a uh, an actor on Chicago PD? Are you not aware of my role as Harlan Betts in season four, episode 13? 
I'm a little behind uh. in my Chicago PD. I have not. I've only just not started episode one of season one. <laughs> so I'm just of a tiny bit behind. I. I didn't watch the show, and then I got the job, and then I was like, I guess I'll watch the show to see what it is. Sure. And addicted now. Oh, yeah. I am I mean, on I, I the like team. procedural, so I could definitely see myself. I have a, a, a semi-buddy uh, who I had on the podcast named Justin Kirk, who's on uh, Chicago Fire. Um, oh, you don't remember my role as hazmat <laughs> leader? Hazmat leader uh, from Chicago Fire. Again, a little behind in my Chicago Fire viewing. Have not me, begun the series. Me and Justin did a whole podcast, a, a whole series about it. Not really. Oh okay, God, I was amazing. on it. I had even less lines on that one. Well, a hazmat. I'm mean, listen. You're in a hazmat scenario. You're not there to talk. You're there to clean up whatever horrible mm. thing. Oh, has but happened. I talked, and it was the scariest thing because there was 300 people on set, and if I didn't get Ugh. like. In the scene, and if I didn't get it right, we were doing it again, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. So. That's a weird, that is a very specific pressure that I think somehow I sort of escaped thinking about until at some point in my career, like whatever else was going on in my private life that made me more anxious, it sort of crept, finally crept in to stage fright, and I was like, oh, this is awful. Yes, yeah. this does feel like a lot of pressure. I'll wrestle in front of 10,000 people in Tokyo any day of the week. Not a problem. But you put me in front of 150 extras who right. don't want to be there, and I got two lines. I will flub those up. Okay, so I, okay. I, I, I clearly owe you an apology. And, in fact, I owe you two apologies. I can't. One will not cover both. I need to apologize mm-hmm. for the Chicago PD. Mm-hmm. I need to apologize for Chicago Fire. God knows what else I'm going to be apologizing for mm-hmm. that I may not have caught. Uh, but so in that scenario, is that was that a situation where you're like, oh, yeah, I'll give this a try. And then you ended up on the set and we're like, oh, this is stressful. Like, how did that come to be? Well, I. It's hard to explain. I mean, um, I, I've i been wrestling for 22 years now. And so, like, I started in 1999 as a pro wrestler, uh-huh. as, an, as an 18-year-old kid. And then I've been doing it ever since. And then, like, I got hired by the WWE when I was 27. And then I got fired when I was 29. And then after that, I was like, well, there goes my dream. And at 29, you think you're the oldest person in the business. So you're like, well, no one's going to hire a... 30 year old to do uh-huh. anything in wrestling I'm uh-huh. past my prime now at this point and and so I was like well what are my loves I, lo- I love comedy I've always loved alternative comedy and the comedy scene and like um, and at that point I guess it's a little side hash but you know like um, I was getting like into comedy podcasts big time and so I know you're an OG you know like and you know I've seen your name on all you know all the back in the day so I'm, I'm well aware of everything and i think that's kind of cool God, and, and yet the respect i've received is almost zero from you almost none i'm totally kidding oh i was, I was heartbroken i was like this is the respect i, was like, I wait, called you an og i've i've already i've already assumed now that you understand that the more we like someone the more we give them a hard time but the, I, it's too early. It's too early. I I peaked I'm too fragile. early in my meanness. I, I really apologize. I, on the exterior, I'm a tough, rugged <laughs> professional wrestler. On the inside, like us all, I am so weak. Yeah, oh, so boy. fragile. Again, more apologies. I mean, I'm mm. just rolling them out at well, this you, point. You know, and again, if you're at home taking a shot every time Janet apologizes, 
I'm Let's not so get in that sorry car. about the lip flaps comment. Because. Oh, no. There we go. Double shot. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, so I wanted to get into... I wanted to, like, kind of, like... I wanted to do wrestling still, but I then I was like, well, I put all my eggs in this basket, so I also want to make sure I spread my wings a little. And so sure. I wanted to... I started doing some comedy stuff and some improv and some acting and then... Uh, and then my podcast like really took off and it put this big profile on me. And I had like a, a couple, like I had a Rolling Stones article and I was on the cover of like the Chicago Reader, which was cool. That's awesome. And then people started reaching out to me about like acting, I guess, or doing extracurricular activities, which is something I wanted to do. And in a weird, weird story, do you know Paul Hauser, who was um, Paul Walter Hauser, uh, who is um, the, the the bomber he plays the bomber in that movie where the guy was the the security guard bomber. The security guard bomber. Um, come on, from the Olympics, and then they like shamed oh, him. Oh, right, 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 right. The the mm-hmm, yep, that guy who was yeah, everyone thought he was a suspect, and then they yes. like ruined his life, and I can't think of Richard? his name. Yes. Come on, we got to figure this out together. Do I have to Google I this? Mean, I can. I mean, I. I mean, you might have to, or I can. I can. I'm putting Atlanta. Come on. Ruined. Paul Richard Jewell. It Richard worked. Jewell. Thank Atlanta you. Bomber ruined. Brought up Richard Jewell immediately. If you're playing the <sighs> Wikipedia game, if you've ever seen someone play that before, which is fun to watch, uh, where they I, go, I can oh get, God. I can start on one Wikipedia page and get to somebody else in 30 seconds. Oh, they're calling that Wikipedia. Now. I thought it used to be just like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, basically, and where you you can just no, do that it, verbally, right? Yeah, I mean, but you're not going from one person to the other. You can go to like events and towns and Okay. Cuz on okay. Wikipedia they have the links. It's really I mean, I can't play it, but I enjoy watching others who are professionals. Oh, so, okay. So in other words, so somebody, I mean, listen, I'm learning so much from you already. But, but so but in other words, someone's like, I'm going to set you down at this Wikipedia page and you have to in as many as few clicks as possible get to this other thing. Yes. And you're just sort of strategizing based on like what your what your live links are and what mm-hmm. you can click to through. All right, I got it. I got it. And you can see this me playing that thing is on my Twitch up. channel. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and so Paul was a huge wrestling fan and didn't really know me, but was like, I. he's like, I love the stuff you do. And so when I got fired from um, WWE, I really started like implementing a lot of stuff that the comedians that were doing, I thought it was so cool. So like, I remember Eddie Pepitone was doing this um, short called Puddin'. Do you remember uh-huh. that? Uh, yes. And I was just like, that's so genius. So like I started doing, me and my buddy Marty DeRosa, who's a comedian, we started doing these shorts called Creative Has Nothing For You. And it was like, okay, we can, we can, I can film like 12 of these in a day and then sporadically put them out. And then I made a, do- I made a wrestling documentary that's very popular, like on my scene, um, that was based off of the the comedians of comedy, mm-hmm. um, and because I was obsessed with that movie, and then obviously I started the podcast because that's what everyone was doing. Talking to the, I was talking to wrestlers in wrestling in locker rooms, and uh, Paul was a huge fan, and he's just like, and Paul was living in Chicago at the time. He's like, I'd like to set you up with my agent no. because I, he was like one of these guys, and I, talking to him now, he's like very spiritual, and like that's not necessarily myself, but you know, I think he's like. God is telling me to like give opportunities to the ones I can, which is sure. probably more than I do, right? So uh-huh. <laughs> I wouldn't say God bless him, but bless him in some kind yeah. of way. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, he's he blessing got, himself. He's blessing I, himself by doing good deeds by getting it me co- money and opportunities. Back around, yes. it comes back around. Yeah, that's so, really cool. Yeah, he got me an agent, and then eventually I I didn't like the agent, and now I'm with this agent that I love, who 
she worked at the Laugh Factory and she's com- she was comedy adjacent at Stuart Talent. She gets it. She gets it. And yeah. she gets my schedule because I was t- I was I was on the road before the pandemic and the quarantine. I was on the road 200 days a year. And so, you know, like I just wanted to do those like one shots, like a commercial, like on a Wednesday or, yeah. you know, whatever I could. And there's a lot of things I had to turn down. So Dana at Stuart, she gets it. Yeah. And, you know, like I audition for what I can and what I can get. And I've I've gotten a couple of things, but I it's fun for me because I'm a wrestler. That's my love and passion. And I love doing random like part of my I don't not part of my deal but like I'm known to do these very fringe weird things in wrestling so you know I, I I've done the Edinburgh Fringe for like eight years I I wrestle for the gathering of the juggalos um I'll I'll take anything and do anything and so for me it's this is just like a fun side job but I love that the actors on like the actor who's supposed to have my role this was their hopefully their big break to move to another thing whereas like I don't really care you know for <laughs> For me, it's so fun you're to a make power a thousand vampire bucks. Also, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Now we've come to understand that about each other. Now we're speaking the same language. We're fine. Yeah. We're fine. Uh, so. so you started professionally wrestling at 18. That is so. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you weren't like working in a library until you were 17, and then suddenly decided that the world of wrestling was for you. So this is like this is like a kid who knew some in, in some way that like he needed to get somewhere as quickly as possible. Is that? I mean, is that? accurate like 18, i was working so in the steel mill not the library <laughs> oh this sounds like a fake bruce springsteen song let's get it going in that steel mill in the suburbs of chicago that no one brave ever lived in yeah i gotcha and there was for some reason there was so much money in the suburbs of chicago but he worked in the steel uh, mill it, listen, I don't he was a real guy he always yeah. had a smudge of grease on his cheek no one knew where it came from was he working on cars no one knew the only blue collar man in deerfield <laughs> that's right sign him that's up that's right that's right yeah i was obsessed with wrestling as a kid and originally i i, my, I knew that's what i wanted to do my mom said you have to go to college and I was like, but mom, I want to be a pro wrestler. And she's like, you have to go to college. So I went and played football at the best college I could. So on my wrestling resume, it would look good. Right. But I, but I wasn't a good college football player ability to play on a football team. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was the worst college football player on the best college football team I could get on. Yeah. Which was a Division One A team. It was Western Michigan University, and I played one season. And afterwards, I was like, I hate this so much. I hate everything right. about it. Yeah. Um, I liked high school football. I did not like college football, or, or, or not even the pressure because there was no pressure for me. Like I would never play. I sucked. Right. So I played the one year, and then afterwards, I was like, Mom, I'm 18. I can make my own decisions now. I want to start my wrestling career. And she was like, fine, but you have to stay in college. So I stayed in college and also trained to wrestle at the same oh, time. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I, th- I thought that I would train the summer in between freshman and sophomore year and then the summer after, like, in, uh, sophomore year and junior year, and then maybe start wrestling, like, you know, my senior year. Yeah. But what I didn't realize is that wrestling is such a carny business, prob- just like comedy. It's just like, I trained for th- seven weeks and they're like, you're ready to go. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> right. It's like, oh, you've given us your money for the improv team? Yeah, you can go on stage and do an improv show. Of course. You're like, but I don't even, think I'm ready. But still, like the the sort of the, the person who is obsessed with something and loves the entertainment of it and sort of idolizes those people and the kid who also recognizes that that is 
feasible and that there is a path to that. I'm always fascinated by that. I talk about it on the on the podcast frequently because, again, like I had a sense of loving entertainment and for sure on my, you know, little like Norman Rockwell, like put your, you know, put your uh, book reports inside this little folder and your grades will go in there and there's a picture of you from that year and you flip through and you write down like, this is how old I am. This is what grade I'm in. These are my teachers. This is what I want to be when I grow up. I definitely would put like, you know, actress or you know maybe rock star if I if I was real into gem and the holograms but um but like I didn't there was no I, there was no like per, real purpose to that behind that do you know what I mean no what do you, no purpose to I mean like it. I didn't really think that that would happen I like I did I wasn't like and these are the steps I will take to get to that place it was just like that would be cool and then the older I got the more unrealistic it seemed so when somebody is like yeah I love this thing then I wanted to do it and then I did it when like, I was wow. a senior in high school, I remember they like they were like, write so, write a capsule down, and in, at their ten year reunion, we will reveal this to you. And I remember writing down like, if I am not a professional wrestler at the time I read this, I will consider my life a failure. Oh, and the only reason I went to my ten year reunion was <laughs> to pre- to find to be like, told you, motherfuckers. <laughs> And at that point, at my reunion, I was in the WWE. You know, like I was on television. Yeah. And I, all I wanted to do was like, this paper has been justified. Right. And I was like, where's the paper? And like, no one knew what I was talking about. <laughs> Wasn't a thing, apparently. <laughs> I was so pissed. That's a great movie. That is a great movie. The pro wrestler who is sort of like with the same amount of dedication to getting to be a pro wrestler is looking at that on his calendar for years ahead of time the time capsule and then showing up and like, no, that was a thing that we said to you. We had you fill that thing out and then it went in the trash. They or threw whatever it away. Happened to it. Where did it go? It <laughs> sucks. Seeing Romy, Michelle and Colt in theaters near you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That does suck. I mean, it, that feels like of all the things, like there's a real purpose behind doing a time capsule. It feels like that's, I mean, that's. I just, waited just the keep years. It. Just keep I it. waited the years, Jen. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I loved wrestling. I was obsessed with wrestling. And when I was, I never thought I could do it, A, because I was Jewish, and B, because I didn't look like all of the wrestlers on television and knew I never would look like all of the wrestlers on television and didn't take drugs as a kid. Has I've never like smoked or uh, I've had like a couple of drinks, but I'm, it's never been for me. And I just assumed I would have to take steroids and didn't want to have to take steroids. Yeah. So so I knew I couldn't be like this big arena re- wrestler. But when I was 13, I found this thing called the Pro Wrestling Torch, which is the – it's a newsletter, and it gives you the inside scoops of the real wrestling scene. Oh, hello. Which I assume would be like – um, what soap like there's that stuff for soap operas maybe like soap opera digest or whatever right I that you think, see at a, but, a grocery store checkout line right but there so there's pro wrestling illustrated which is the magazine that would be I think the soap opera digest but this was a newsletter written okay. by a guy you know it was so more specific like a zine if you will sure okay yeah and I once I got that I really felt like I understood wrestling a little more and they would talk about not only the big scene, but they would talk about the little scene, which was like, hey, uh, USWO ran a show in Memphis, Tennessee. 75 people were there. 
you know, the big Tracy Smothers, you know, was reported to get paid seventy five dollars. And I was like, oh, that's great. It is. It's like small town. It's like small town dish on yeah. the wrestling world. That's But really cool. I, w- I was like, wait, I don't think I can wrestle in front of, a th- you know, 10,000 people. But I bet I could do it in, like on this show where there's not that much pressure and probably every. And then you would see the pictures of the guy and they'd all be in like overalls. And, you know, <laughs> no one looked like a no one looked like Hulk Hogan or whatever. Right, right. And so at that, that was the age where it really put in my head that like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it on the small time circuit and I'm going to go as hard as I can because there is a circuit for for people like me and it made it a reality. And so I never really thought I would be able to make it to a big time scene, um, which is fun because years later I did and now I am, you know, I'm on national television every week, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but just in my head, if I could just do these shows, I would consider myself a success. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Prepare yourself for the greatest pro wrestling podcast spectacular known as Tights A back-dropping audio showcase that helps you understand the world of pro wrestling with a lot of love and no toxic masculinity. Featuring host Danielle Radford. Time to kick butt and chew gum, and I'm all out of butts. Lindsay Cow. I'm a brutal Brit, and my fists were made to punch and hit. And Hal Loblin. I was doing the voiceover this whole time. Hear us talk about pro wrestling's greatest triumphs and failures. And make fun of its weekly absurdities. On the Perfect Wrestling Podcast. Tights and fights. Every Saturday, Saturday, Saturday on Maximum Fun. Well, Wonderfuls, if you're familiar with me and some of the many things I do, sometimes I have too much going on. That can cause a little bit of stress, maybe a little sleeplessness. I also have been known to complain about some achiness in the past. I'm really describing myself as an amazing human being right now. (laughs) But let me tell you what has actually made me a better version of myself. I'm talking about Caliper CBD. I was an early adopter of CBD, am such a fan, and can resoundingly say I have experienced real results. And now you too can get all the benefits of CBD in just 10 minutes, whereas some CBD oils can take over an hour to just absorb. Now, Caliber CBD comes in convenient and easy-to-use packs. There is precisely 20 milligrams in each packet, and it does not have any THC. It is THC-free, so you can feel better without the high. It doesn't have a weird taste. It doesn't have an oily residue. And I found that it mixes easily into any food or drink. I know what you're thinking, JV. Stop talking about it and tell me how I can get me some. Well, you can get 20% off your first order when you use promo code JVClub at trycaliber.com slash JVClub. You can try Caliber CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. Come on. That's trycaliber.com slash jvclub. And don't forget, promo code jvclub for 20% off your first order. I hate to chide, but you're going to be so glad I did chide. Was wrestling something that you shared with friends? Like, did you, were your friends into it? That definitely wasn't like, we all liked pro wrestling. We all used to watch it together, but little did they know, or or I was always teased because I was the one who was like, and I'm going to do this. It, it was just kind of for you. It, it wasn't something you shared I with wish, people. you know, like there was yeah. friends when we were younger that was upset. Like my friend Jordan was just as obsessed with me at six. But when we hit puberty, 
uh, he turned his love to uh, gangster rap and women. Uh-huh. <laughs> or I would say girls at 13. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I always say that that's like always the fun story of, of I feel of professional wrestling is like either like most people when they hit puberty, they they start chasing after girls Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't I just kept with it like and then and then what you know like when you're of that age it's like you you like it for a different reason I feel and I did I started liking it more for the inside stuff and and just the different reasons why people love wrestling as opposed to like when I was a kid when you just want to see the colors or you know or whatever it is yeah the tans uh, yeah (laughs) um and that and so there wasn't someone as obsessed with me and it always made me a little sad but it it all it also drives me now and especially with my podcast and that kind of stuff is to build this kind of community i whenever i think of anything i always think of like the 16 year old cult and so if i could do something at a show where i know like i just like even if i call someone over and say hi to them or i i sneak them in to see a wrestler and i know it's so easy for me to do yeah. there's so many things that are so easy for me to do but i just think about if i was that age how that would change my life forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the you are the sort of idealized version of what younger people would hope for, and there's that that the idea that you're kind of keeping that. Speaking of a torch in wrestling, like that you're sort of carrying that torch. I mean, that's that's that. It's so true. If you can, if you think of it in those kind of like, how easy is this for me versus what is the impact going to be on somebody else? Um, that's such a great way to approach a lot of choices that you make professionally, you know, in terms of I being do. connected to your fans. And, and I'm sure it's the same with acting and comedy. I, I, I know it's the same. And it's cool that I'm at a point in my career where and it's there's so many of my cohorts and I'm not like dunking on them. It's just it's I don't think they think about it. You know, yeah. they're just trying to do their job. Yeah. But I always th- I always think of like, yeah, I'm doing my job, but then I'm also I'm also a humanitarian, so <laughs> <laughs> You're an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. You're an ambassador. <laughs> yeah. Uh and also too, well in comedy I think there's a lot of self loathing as well. So there's a lot of sort of like inferiority, like what you project is not necessarily being reflected back at home when you're like, you know, I'm not who I'm what am I gonna make someone's day? Come on, not really. <sighs> Like they right. don't know that if if they if I if they got to know me they know I'm a schmuck so you know I'm just gonna like no I wouldn't I can't I'm not gonna answer this letter or whatever like, and did you use that, that verbiage because you know I'm a Jewish wrestler oh Is did that... you not know that I'm I'm Jewish are you part of the tribe I re- no I really wanted oh. to be all my mm. friends were Jewish growing up and I want and I, so many bar and mat- bat mitzvahs I really thought that would be like the secret language that would get me in turns out <laughs> it's just one tiny part of the beautiful unsecret language <laughs> I almost accepted you <laughs> thank you I just. That's I can't tell you how often I've heard I almost accepted you. It's just very, very, very common. Um, and so when you're in high school and you have again, you're you're like looking towards this goal. Are there other things? Were you loving comedy back then as well? Were you a fan of stuff uh, that again you sort of felt like you were a fan of? Like it went in that category versus like this is I feel this drive towards this thing. I mean, wrestling. I casually liked comedy. The way we all casually liked comedy. Yeah, people are like, I watch it. Oh, yeah, I watched SNL. Yeah. Like, oh. I, I I think I was, I mean, I think I watched it more than most. You know, we were obsessed with Tommy Boy and, and Black Sheep and Farley and those the SNL years kind of. But, uh, you know, my I think my love for alternative comedy 
oh, and a lot of the arts came when I realized that I was an artist mm. and a performer and like a like a DIY hustler, if you will. And so that took me a long, not a long time, but it's kind of fun because I was, uh, I guess, I, you know, looking at it, I'm a stereotypical jock looking guy, right? Uh, I don't think it means that I, I didn't have the stereotypical jock mannerisms, but I, I'm, uh, whatever, a hulking football player. I played all the sports in high school mm-hmm. and I didn't look down on th- uh, theater or dramatics in any way. And I and I, I always say that one of my favorite classes was me and my buddy took like the theater class as opposed to some one of the other classes and we loved it, like loved it. It was so fun. Yeah. But you know, that I don't think that was necessarily my scene. And, and I re- you know, I in my youth I, I considered myself or I recognized myself as I guess the the kid that played sports. Mm-hmm. And then once I started wrestling, because I love wrestling because I I was athletic, but I learned that I was performing and I learned how to manipulate a crowd and I learned that the crowd was part of it and I learned that I have to get big and I have to show out and show off and then like it just dawns on you that like oh I am a performer. Yeah. And then you learn to l- love and under and then you want to seek out the other performers and love and understand and and relate to them and so and I knew what again it was hard to relate to Steve Martin or, you know, or Bill Murray or whatever, but it was yeah. easy to relate to uh, Dimitri Martin, you know, or uh, Howard Kramer, you know, like, or whatever <laughs> oh, it is. So We love our Howard Kramer. You know? I haven't it, seen that guy in a million years. He, I, Cole Cabana and Dragon Boy Suede were on the same page oh, in yeah. 2004. Yes. And, um, <laughs> yes, indeed. I love that. I love that. That really puts a that 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 puts it in a beautiful uh, orb of light, uh, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So well, in yeah, high I mean, school, that, yeah. yeah, in high school, it was. I, it, I mean, maybe I liked sports, but everything was wrestling. I mean, I, I loved hanging out with my. I had like this group of friends that were very close, so it's kind of like whatever we all liked. I mean, yet yeah, we liked. I don't know. We liked uh, urban fashion. We liked, um, we you know, we liked comedy movies. We liked going to the movies. We liked just hanging out, being idiots. Um, but like my, you know, like everything for, I thought about was wrestling. Yeah, everything. God, it's so it's so interesting. I mean, maybe it's not interesting. You probably had this conversation before because you are in the comedy realm as well. But everything about wrestling to me, I would come at from the performative angle. Like even as a young person, my cousin uh, was who's trans was before he transitioned um, was sort of into got started getting into competitive bodybuilding and absolutely did like mess up his body, taking all kinds of stuff. And I think all of that he would say is a part of like identity and kind of not like wanting to have a relationship with his body that felt right. And part of that ended up being like that he abused it because he wanted to have a man's body. And, you know, it was before he was really willing to recognize that or able to recognize that in front of other people. But um, so I had like a sense of, you know, he was like into wrestling and, and I had a sense of all of that, but as a kid who always performed instead of a kid who was always in sports, although I did play some sports, um, I always thought of wrestling as like, oh, I see this as a performance first and foremost. I mean, of course it's, an, it's a sport, but whatever lens you know you have on as a young person that helps you understand something in a way that relates to you, I would have thought, like when you said that you sort of, you know, 
that there was a there was a process of coming into the performative part of it that was maybe a little bit later for you. It's like that's all I would have to go <laughs> right. into it, and I would have to make my body work to match the what I was seeing that was performance. So I don't know. That's just interesting. You know what and I mean? It, it's fun to see people in the wrestling landscape who the same way that you would be who have done it and then they'll realize like oh i'm an athlete <laughs> that's amazing of sure. course yeah 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 that's because really we're funny. all coming at it from different there are people who got into wrestling because they love the pageantry and just the performance and didn't there's so many people i think that's why i got a little far in the beginning because i came from an athletic background mm. and i remember when i started training i i i went from two a days in collegiate sports to wrestling training and I was like the wrestling training is going to be harder and then I realized like it's kind of just all schmucks off the off the street you know uh-huh. to use your to use your verbiage <laughs> my um, people yes, yes. Right. you know so like I was so advanced because I was a division one athlete I just assumed it would all be division one athletes yeah so there were a lot of people coming into wrestling who were not athletes and just liked wrestling yeah so that exp- so you're in your mind the going and being at a college and playing the best football, you know, being on the best team you could, given all those circumstances, when you got in and you started training, were you like, oh, I didn't even need to uh Didn't need do to that. do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. And not that I was let down because I think it it put me ahead of the, in the class, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I, also there was like, you know, there's wrestling moves and like I, you know, in my head I knew how to do them because I've watched wrestling so much and some yeah. people like – they didn't even know how to do the move. It's just like, I how how do you not know how to do it? I've been I was just so far ahead because of my <laughs> my athletic prowess and my <laughs> obsession with wrestling. And you know, everyone wasn't like me. And it was very surprising getting into wrestling like that. Yeah. And how about uh ladies? I mean, I know you said your friends maybe uh sort of said that they matured into as if, as if you can't give yourself credit for also being mature and loving wrestling, but but not abandoning it for girls. Um, how did that play out for you in high school? So it's very funny because like my group of friends, like I said, uh, and I, I don't know if you how deep you get into like popularity and that kind of stuff, right? It, it's hard. I mean, to as put deep a, as deep as whatever feels significant, you know. Yeah, it's hard to put a lens on it because we're all, uh, you know, my buddy played in the NFL one of my other friends there was seven of us one of the other one uh, another one went to play college football another one went into the military um you know like your typical just 18 17 year old dudes I guess yeah and we would go to parties and we would do that kind of stuff but none of us really drank or did drugs uh-huh. and none of us got laid I mean I guess that feels atypical to me <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, when you say you have a friend who went into the NFL, that does not seem typical to me as far as like just your typical average like athletic guys in football in in high school. That already seems like I don't know, that feels like a, a little above and beyond, right? Yes. Uh and the and especially now taking into consideration like where you ended up and um and and the fact that yeah, I mean, I guess I mean, I guess there are tons of athletes who have that who who just aren't that interested in drinking and drugs and stuff like that in oh, high school i mean so we were interested in women we yeah just yeah yeah did, we we were so weird like we were the weird kids but we had these like bodies and auras of like popular kids so yeah. uh so our weirdness like or our our auras of like half jocks or whatever or whatever tall you know tall guys and yeah. we worked out so it's like 
we got to go to the parties, I guess. And we got to like kind of just live in our own world. And we were never like we were never worried about being made fun of. And right. I think to our credit and I think that's something, you know, I've heard pe- people have said this about me be like, oh, you went to high school with Colt. What was he like? And they would be like, well, he was this. But he always stuck up for the, you know, like I would never I, I had no interest in in punching down or anything. So we were in that sense, but we were just so we were we're and we're all still like best friends to this day. We all live all over the place. It's such a fun story. And I was talking to my friend the other day and I, I was like, they were like, did you like high school? And I was like, yeah, I loved it. It was just me and my friends just being idiots. And then yesterday, actually, I was we were with, we all did a barbecue and I brought that up to my friends and I brought that up to them. And they were like, Colt, if you really looked into it Everyone hated high school. We, right, or not everyone. He's like, there's such a large percentage of people who hated high school. Right, and I guess I didn't really realize that because yeah. I we had such a fun time. I was like, we had no responsibilities, and it was just us seven hanging out as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's. I think that do, that does seem special to me. That does seem special to me because I feel like I've also talked to a lot of guys who at that age. Um, you know, maybe they didn't have girlfriends, but they had a lot of girl friends. And so that was kind of where the, the like the intimacy or friendship no, existed had, for them. We had none of or that. Or they were, you know. <laughs> but I think a bunch of guys, and you all are straight. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is just, yeah. Um, a bunch of guys who kind of found that that relationship in high school when a lot of other guys, and, and I think, so, you know, some of them being straight and being athletic felt like they couldn't have that closeness with uh, some dudes. Do you know what I mean? Like that, like bros were like, yeah, we hang out and we drink and whatever. And like we go to parties and stuff. But like I only tell my mom and my girlfriend the truth like of my heart. You know what I mean? So having that relationship and then having it maintain, I think is amazing. And for I was going to say for you, I would imagine that part of like building that 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 backstory having that foundation with those guys versus like you said if you're traveling you know hundreds of days per year that they're that the consistency of those relationships and and that that backstory feels like that would have be a big anchor but not everyone ended up with your schedule and you guys are all still super tight so it's not even a reflection of like well to psychoanalyze like you didn't have a lot of consistency after that so you're clinging to your friend like no all you are all you all went different ways and yet you're still super tight i think that's wonderful it is i mean but but then going back to the question about ladies like i i didn't lose my virginity until late i I didn't really it was years and years until i had a committed relationship and so um i didn't so i didn't have we didn't have girlfriends or like even like you know i don't think any of us in our group like made out with a girl until senior year or something like that yeah that so, feels, that's not usual i think that I is, mean, it's yeah. honor it is usual i think it's unusual yes i do yeah. too yeah did you want to i mean were you like yes we were all the horniest kids ever <laughs> yes <laughs> of course and i think at one point we were all like should we all just go get like prostitutes you know like uh, American Pie had just come yeah. out, you know. I was about <laughs> to say, I, I really am wondering if you're like, oh, American Pie really spoke to me. And we didn't really, that's something we really didn't talk about that much because I think we we're all just super embarrassed about it. Right. So it's kind of just like unsaid and unknown. But I do remember a conversation of being like, 
we should get process too. It's or, uh-huh. or this should be a thing that we do because this is kind of it shouldn't it's be kind looming anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you mind if I ask? Like what you consider to be late? I mean, when you say until you didn't lose your virginity until lay, lay, late. late like, uh, my early twenties. Okay. Yeah. There's. I mean, listen. Thirty-five. No. Okay. No, All right. Yeah, I would I'm say sorry. that is late. I would say that is perhaps uh, empirically late. Yeah. Um. God, this is great. I. I, I mean. It's so gross. I hate being in the entertainment business, especially if you write or pitch or whatever. Um, there, I remember a period of time in which I was new enough to it that every time someone said that'd be a great script, I was like, see, this is why I didn't want to move to L.A. It's so <laughs> like nothing can just be what it is. Everything has to be for sale. Like, I remember that. But once you have been in it and you've had the opportunity to like be in someone's thing that came from real life and that they love and that's precious to them and it got made or you know even something that that you do and then it never sees the light of day but it felt great to do um and and you and you understand like oh stories do come from somewhere storytelling things that get made do often come from so they have to come from somewhere and like this that your whole story feels like like I want to see that movie. I want to see that guy. I want to see the guy who ends up, you know, I could, it's all laid out so lovely. Like, it's just, you know, it's great. It's it's fun because I, I think a lot of people in the wrestling world love my story where, like, hustled very hard to get to WWE by the corporate wrestling and then fired and then really made his name for himself afterwards. Yeah. Why were but you fired? Just because I like, didn't, I didn't look the part. And, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I had six matches. It was a very, like, I was like a beloved wrestling underground figure. Yeah. And then I got signed because basically everybody, and you, this can relate to, I think, in comedy or like an SNL, if you will, or like yep. everyone on the team who was in the WWE was like, Colt's the best. He's so entertaining. He should be here. And finally, after like 20 of the wrestlers said it to the management, they're like, fine, we'll hire him. Yeah. And then, you know, they put me on the show and I didn't look like everyone and I didn't wrestle like everyone. Because I have a very weird comedic wrestling style. Um, and they're like, this is... And they just were over it. And right. so... And then I you know, I built it all up again. And that's the story I think everyone knows and love. But I just love... From an outsider's, an outsider's perspective, it's the kid... It is. For you, it's everything. I know that's what the the podcast is based on. But, it. yeah. yeah, it's everything leading up to it. No, but I mean, that's... Uh, uh, all of that is... That's just that's just great, and of course the 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 professional like once you're already known on some level and you still have you know it's still an underdog story and all of that is great. But listen, if you make that movie, I I think there's gonna be a prequel. I think there's gonna need to be a prequel that takes us to young Colt. Somebody's gonna have to be auditioning to be, you know, seventeen year old virginal Colt. And it will now, man. I when I was a, when I was eighteen or twenty, I would Jason Biggs. Everyone said I looked like, and then John Favreau. I would get a lot of John Favreau. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they can play me. Yeah, which by the way, like they don't really look like each other. So that's a classic sort of like mm. they kind like. I feel like that happens a lot with where you have people are like they tell me this and then they tell me this and you're like. Huh, I don't, and yet I don't feel those two look like each other. It's <laughs> yeah. like whatever element well, I, is playing in from one. It was a different incarnation of me, you know. Yes. In yeah, my thicker yeah. years, I was a little more Favreau. In my uh-huh. in my my bleach tip blonde hair years, it was Jason Biggs. <laughs> Lucky. Yeah, but I, I'm gonna go with Favreau because I want him to direct and produce. Yeah, yeah this the, he could absolutely be the yeah. one. 
like pushing this project forward a hundred percent so paul hauser if you're listening to this one and you could do the same thing you did for me to get me into that chicago pd episode that's right that's right i would highly appreciate it oh oh it's time for a quick break i will be back after a word from our friends at maximum fun schmanners noun definition Rules of etiquette designed not to judge others, but rather to guide ourselves through everyday social situations. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Every week on Schmanners, we take a look at a topic that has to do with society or manners. We talk about the history of it. We take a look at how it applies to everyday life. And we take some of your questions. And sometimes we do a biography about a really cool person that had an impact on how we view etiquette. So join us every Friday and listen to Schmanners on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? All right. I want to get into this MASH game with you. I'm so happy that you know what it is and what we're about to do. Um, And I played it as a kid. Of course I played it as a kid. Do a lot of people not play it as a kid? A lot of people don't play it as a kid. A lot of straight boys don't play it as a kid. Mm. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess I, I probably played it with girls. That makes sense. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, like fifth grade, fourth grade. Yeah. Listen, ladies are planners. Ladies be planning. (laughs) And this is this is very plan oriented. It's very official. But but I liked MASH. As a kid, I liked playing it. Yeah. It was something I enjoyed, which I think says something about me, too. Yeah, you have an imagination. uh, You're forward thinking. And yet you're flexible because, you know, you're not going to end up with every single thing you want that's on the list. I will say this. I had lunch with my mom and... Uh, her best friend and her daughter who is my age and we were neighbors and they were telling us stories about when I was five or six and the mom said about me that she always liked me and knew I was different because I would play with the Barbies with my friend Beth and I'm sure I thought they were wrestlers (laughs) but (laughs) but she said that all the boys would wouldn't dare play with the Barbies but I had no problem like like playing Barbies with her yeah, I mean, look, again, just put that in the script. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> put it in the script. Why are we even still talking about this? I'm so angry. I'm not, I mean, I am in the biz. If you've ever seen an Old Navy commercial from 2012, <laughs> you would know I am. Uh, or or uh, a Potbelly's direct to the internet uh-huh. advertisement. <laughs> you would know I am in the biz, but... I know you're in the biz. I'm saying we got to get you deeper in with your I'm own I'm saying I'm not pick. as deep as you are, so that's well, this is your job, not mine. Until you have had a $20 bill surrounding your face for a Wells Fargo print <laughs> ad, you are not truly in the biz. You can that's- drop a lot of names like Old Navy or Potbellies as much as you want, but mm. I'm talking about big banks. I'm talking and about too big to fail. That's my apology to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, because I see a lot of lip flaps over here, <laughs> paying you know, paying some sort of lip service, but I didn't hear the heartfelt apology until just now, and, and now we're and now we're okay it. again. Now you we're okay it. again. Thank you. All right, for the first category, let's please do three. I mean, listen, we got to do it, right? Let's do three wrestlers that you would love from any era that you would love to collaborate with on something in some way, whether you're fighting them, whether you're out on tour with them, whether you're making a movie with them. Three. Okay. I want to I wanna make it so everybody knows 
Um, so uh, one will be Andy Kaufman. Great. Does that count? Absolutely. Absolutely a wrestler. Great. The other one would be the revolting blob from Billy Madison. Great. Who was a wrestler. Yes. And uh, trying to think of my other obscure professional wrestlers who have found. I mean, The Rock is too easy, obviously. Yeah. Although I'll say when, again, the, the a lot of the guys who come into comedy from wrestling, they just ha- they are like so freaking lovable and so funny and so self-effacing. I mean, I don't know, like, I've met him once at a Comic-Con that we were both doing, but, like, Bautista, like, he came on the scene and it was like, you're special, you're very special, and you're really good. Like, Mm. he's a really, really great actor. Um, It's great. But also seems very, like, I don't know, here I am, I, uh, you know. Yeah, I've met him a couple times, and yeah, from everything, he's very nice. But I'm not not picking him, come on, get out of here. Don't pick him. Don't (laughs) pick him. Have you ever seen Ed Wood? I've seen Ed Wood. I'll take George the Animal Steel. Oh, man. This is so meta. This is great. Who who played uh, the bad guy, I think, in Ed Wood, but also a very famous 80s wrestler who I loved as a child. Great. Uh, Let's let's kind of stay with movies since you moved us into that realm without uh, me even seeing it coming. Let's do three movies you can jump into and just be in whenever you want. You're not reliving the plot. You're not a character in it. You're just in that. Gives you the opportunity to be in that world. Great. Um, Recently, I was on a... Max fun show called Go Fact Yourself. Yes. Very fun show. Where I, where my, have you been on? Uh, Have I done Go Fact Yourself? I think so. Yeah, I've I've done it. Yeah, they asked me what I was an expert in and I said the movie Over the Top. Oh, oh yeah. Oh God, Over the Top. Yeah. I I remember now that I said I was an expert in Jodie Foster. (laughs) There you go. Did Jodie come on the show? (sighs) No. But she did, but they did find the actor who played Napoleon in a Disney movie that she was in when she was a child that was oh. called Napoleon, Samantha. I thought you were going to say Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and I was so excited oh, that it was only. Napoleon from that if movie. <laughs> nope. Oh. Just some kid named Napoleon. Oh, maybe Napoleon was the lion, actually. I, I, you know what? Guess who just outed herself as not an expert in Jodie Foster movies, right? after all. I think, by I the way... Oh, I, I said something about, I like I, I didn't understand how it was all going to work and nor did mm. I ever think that guy would be the guy who was there <laughs> and I was like oh, I was like Jodie Foster and like this other kid I remember this guy was in a bunch of Disney movies could not tell you his name and they were like ladies and gentlemen please welcome the person Jenna couldn't bother to remember mm. guess who remembered uh, Stallone's kid's real name oh, this and that's guy who, and that's who turned up Yep, and he oh, was ecstatic that I knew his lucky name. Lucky bastard. That is <laughs> I, fantastic. I do remember, speaking of high school, we had to watch Contact in science class. You had to. And I remember falling asleep so quickly to that movie. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've seen it so many times. It's like, <laughs> they're out there and they want to help. Oh, oh God. I was just like, uh, I just want to hang out with my friends at study hall. <laughs> <laughs> There's a resort in Tucson, and I use the term resort lightly, uh, that has that had a channel for some reason, unbeknownst. Like, I don't know why this is the case, but Contact was always on, and it was a inside the hotel channel. It was very strange. Uh, okay, so is over the top one of the movies you're going to jump to? Great, yes. man. I this is very typical of, but I, I'm going all the same genre. If that's okay. Yeah, this is for you. This is your mash. Great. Uh, Bloodsport with Jean Claude Van Damme. Great. And then The Running Man with uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. 
And so if, if it, it, it does tell you why I loved wrestling, because I always say that, like, I love sport, but I also love, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and He-Man. And then, like, I love the idea of a tournament slash character action movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you about, uh, I was thinking about He-Man in my mind, because when you were talking about Barbies, I was thinking about all my She-Ra dolls and how important they were to me and how meaningful um and that they were much preferred to barbies uh okay next category let's do three foods that you can have in perpetuity snap of your fingers there's no harm to the world there's no harm to your body um it's all you it could be a very wide category it could be a very specific thing you had that you're like oh i wish i could always have that thing i like that you preferenced that because i don't want to name drop but i went on the doughboys podcast Mm -hmm. and i was like I can't, you know, I was talking about how I can't eat all these foods because, like, I'm an athlete and I have body issues, you know, from a young age. Sure. And I got so much shit of, like, stop talking about healthy stuff. We're here, you know, like, I I felt like, I don't know. So I'm glad that, okay, knowing that nothing will happen to my body. Nothing will happen to your body. Great. Uh, Okay, I'm going to go a 1991 Little Caesars pan pizza. Fantastic. Okay. We're not talking this era. This is this how era. you do it. This, this is how you do pizza. this game. So you're winning. You're winning at life right now. Thank you very much. Uh, the world's largest malted milk balls, specifically from the bulk food section. Uh, scoop or pull the lever and they come down. Your choice. Okay. Great, Your great, choice. great. And, you know, I'm going to say grilled cheese and a tomato soup. Combo. Can I do Fantastic. that? Fantastic. Fantastic. Can oh. I do that? What am I going to do? What am I shut you down? No, it's great. Tomato <laughs> soup. Great. You. Great. Uh, let's now move into, I feel like I had a very long conversation with someone recently about the idea of Little Caesar and why Caesar, like, like I, 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 it was one of those things that I, you just don't think about when you're a kid. Like, who's the Noid? Why is the Noid a thing? Like, the Noid is just a guy who keeps your pizza from staying hot like it's unclear so then i went down this road of it was like a bad quentin tarantino scene of like you know i really got to psychoanalyze like what was going on why did we need a the little caesar who like stabbed pizza on his spear and said pizza pizza twice like what where did that come from but you know the answer right i don't know i mean obviously it's just, roman but i mean like it's, no, it's pizza, just but it's, marketing <laughs> yeah so it's got to be well, I something. Try, I was trying to make it into like a like a deep like a deep fake nope. backstory, or like, a nope. deep, like some guy just came in after too much cocaine in the eighties and was like, yes. "Guys, I got a great idea. His name's Little Caesar, and he's two pizzas, and now I got to go take a shower." You're right. And, You're absolutely and right. And give me all the money. Give You're me right. all the money. And yeah. then they did. Uh, okay. Next one, romance. Three uh, people from, you know, I don't care if it's comic books, movies, actresses, uh, actors, uh, historical figures, uh, animals, the sky's the limit, romance, alternate universe. Oh, wow. Oh, Okay. This is and hard. That's, I don't want to make it like that's not a pressure situation. Like, please be know, as outrageous just, as you possibly can. I'm thinking if you don't this... say flubber, please, <laughs> please don't feel <laughs> you need to say anything around or related to anything flubber like. Michael Jordan. Great. He's. I mean, how could I not? He's Michael. Michael Jordan with the Last Dance bloodshot eyes. Michael Jordan. Great. That's very important. Great. Yeah, because I feel if he looked me in his eyes 
1993, I would feel too much. Like, I'd be overpowered. Understood. Understood. But now he's he a little to down humbled. to earth. Yeah, yes. he needs to be humbled yes. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, French silk pie. Great. I get it, uh, man. I, I get could it. Make, I could make love to a French silk pie. I get it. Any day. Which <sighs> wasn't one of my foods, by the way. No, it wasn't. That because it's deeper than that it goes deeper. Yeah, than I'm not. I don't. I don't want to eat this. I don't even want to eat this pie. Also, weird callback to American Pie. I didn't even see it happening. But <laughs> and Miss McMillan, my first grade teacher. Great. <sighs> Great. Who had a weird like afroy type hair, but then would like put those comb like things in her. In it? S- in yeah. her side? Yeah. Yeah. It's an odd, like it's, what is, like, it doesn't necessarily look amazing and also doesn't feel like it's doing a thing that is like, oh, thank goodness I have my hair out of my face. Like, if it's yeah, already that, sort of living out here. Was that for peripherals? Oh, maybe. <laughs> is that why? Listen, I, she's the, teaching first grade. Those little fuckers can get out and around you so fast you gotta have. It's like you might. You need to have eyes on them at all times, and you don't need anything in. But it way. did look it's cool in like a Grace Kelly, not Grace. Well, Kelly. oh no, like a great, yeah, like a like a like a Grace. Now I'm gonna say Grace Slick. No, Grace Jones. Gra- Grace Jones right? was she the tall African black woman who yes. yeah who had the amazing yes. face yes. and was just like, oh, you are are you mm-hmm. a god or goddess? Like, mm-hmm. talk about non-binary power i mean amazing she um, looked the coolest she looked the if coolest. i could no, put it's a fourth true. it's mohawky you're right That's if i could put cool. a fourth i would put her on but i just can't miss mcmillan has Ms. won McMillan, and, yeah bless god love her god love her somewhere right now paul is like i gotta get her her own show too miss mcmillan she sounds fantastic i oh that's what god wants okay next category let's do uh three Let's do three skills that you would love to wake up with tomorrow and have sort of downloaded Matrix style. So they could be sort of complex or they could be as simple as like, you know, just cooking a better, almost said cooking a better salad. <laughs> I have problems. Cooking I don't a know better how things salad. Work. I don't uh, know how things work. Uh, up close magic. Great choice. Which I am good at, by the way. And I don't That's want, why like, you picked it because you know it well enough to know how hard it is and oh. how much practice it takes. And so and this I, is a perfect shortcut scenario, shortcut scenario where you would, yeah, it's great. And choice. short gut scenario. I know. Also. Some of us have shorter guts than others. I'm gonna, it affects our digestion. If only I thing. could pull out my small intestines in front of somebody <laughs> and be like, now I have short guts. Excuse me while I whip this out. Listen, I have to cook my salads. That's how bad my digestion is. <laughs> now I've justified uh, that. Uh, knowing sign language. It's great. I just feel it's a superpower. Knowing any other language. Can I put any language? Can I know, yeah. put knowing all the languages? Yes, indeed. Yes. Multi- and yeah. I could. Omnilingual, and I ha- I'll say. I have, I go down many uh, YouTube holes like we all do. One is First Amendment audits. Uh, I can't get enough of them. But another is this other guy on YouTube who just knows how to, he studies and knows all the languages and then just films himself going to all different parts and like recognizes somebody who speaks some kind of language and then speaking to them and they're all blown away and then I'm blown away and I'm like, why can't I be like this guy? Yeah, that's amazing. And it is his life. It's his full-time job (laughs) because that's a tremendous amount of work. No, but I think his brain is way- It's just how it works. It's, It's, yeah. That is- great the same way i can pick up a hip toss and a body slam like i understand that lingo same 
he knows he can do Swahili and yeah. uh, Italian in a day. <sighs> pizza, it's pizza. A... Am I right, everybody? <laughs> uh, that's my Italian. Uh, okay, what's your third one? I, I, I picked up on that one and left oh, and you. appreciated it. Yes. What's my third one? I mean, I included sign language in all languages. I yes, amended yes. that category, right? Okay. So just skills, huh? Oh, I'd like to know how to, I'd like to be a boot maker. Oh, great. I, I do, you can see in the background of my video, I I, uh, I sew my own wrestling gear. That's so great. And there's my, uh, there's my bobs and threads over there. Yeah, But Your bobs uh, and threads, it's great. And that's also my tag team name, too. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, and the name of my improv group. Um <sighs> I would like, yeah, I'd like to know how to, I, I, I always find a special skill that these people, because wrestling boots is a very uh, small niche job, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. What and are, if I only knew. Yeah, I imagine there's, I imagine there's a lot of like qualifications a good wrestling boot needs to have that you can't like scrimp on. Fit your foot. Go around your foot. Mm-hmm. Be able to tie up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so far, so, so far, so I know forth. I could never do it. So far, look, I know it sounds impossible. Cool. Yes. <laughs> Great. Okay, next category. Let's do three places in the world you would love to have a second home. Doesn't need to be a vacation home. It could be like, you know, busy hustle bustle of another city, but three places, vacation. And we're assuming we can teleport you there. I want to have somewhere tropical and nice. Great. So um, wherever the Skittles rainbow starts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Done. Next one. Um, a Canadian VFW hall that I have uh, transported, uh, not transported, I have converted Great. into like, you know, I've it's modernized. It's got all of the cool things yeah. that, you know, the, the, the hipsters have, you know, all of it. Uh-huh. But it's a Canadian VFW hall. And, and the, so it the could lo- be anywhere in Canada? Uh, we could do it in Saskatchewan. Uh, Saskatch- uh, let's go to Saskatchewan. Okay. I have Thank you for all... picking the longest word for me You're to welcome. fit into the tiniest <laughs> little Saskatchewan. Not BC, not British Columbia, BC. Yeah. Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan. please. Saskatchewan. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. BC. Super easy. Got it. Yep. No, 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 no. Yep. That's nope. that's too typical. Wouldn't wouldn't possibly. And Hawaii. Okay. Let's do uh three. No, nope, thi- I take that oh. back. Oh oh. Come on, I'll take that back. Yeah, you take it back. Yeah, I wherever Echo the Dolphin lives in that Genesis game. Great. I want to live where he lives. <laughs> okay, this is one of the messiest. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna be like when I say, "What do you think I meant by language, <laughs> You're gonna say Omni language, and you'll get me uh, back on track. Thank God. It sounded like Minnesota Gangnam style. So that's what you're gonna end up getting if that's what you tell me I wrote down. Sounds like this, a fun time. It's gonna be a blank. It's gonna be a blank in my mind. Uh, okay, next category. There's just two left. Uh, in your current home, we sort of have a like a secret room with a. It's not actually taking up any real space in your house. It's this sort of magical place where you can go in and you, it's a room in your house that could be a forest but it could also just be like a home gym or it could be a recording studio uh three magical yet practical rooms doesn't have to be they don't have to be practical but it doesn't okay. matter how big they are is my point okay i want a room full of trampolines much like a trampoline jumping place okay that people go to now and i could just go there but it's like yeah. my dream to go there and i definitely yeah. have the money to go there but yeah. i've just never been uh-huh okay so it's right? like a, it's like a bounce a jump house a, a jump house Yes. I wanted to call it a bounce house for obvious reasons. But that is inflated plastic where I'm yeah. looking more at a mesh trampoline the actual situation trampoline going situation. on here. I yeah. totally get it. 
Yeah, so let's make let's make one like that. Great. Do you remember the original? It was like Jenny Jenny's cam or something. She was like the original voyeur girl. Uh, so I so essentially I want. I'm thinking, I just want a voyeur room. Okay. Okay. For right. me, and I'm yeah. selling subscriptions and have a Patreon and have an OnlyFans, but I'm not doing anything sexual. Got it. Got it. Um, voyeur room, non-sexual. I mean, you might be able to see a ween here and there when I'm getting, you know, but it's not meant. F- and if that's why it's you want to sign up, an incidental ween, an incidental yeah, ween. If you want to sign up for that, I guess. Yeah. But please, you know, don't know what it is. That's right. Yeah. Oh, and then the third room would be um, much like Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, have you seen Do You Remember? I don't think so. What's Do You Remember? The movie. But like, what is it? So what he it? he uh, one of the main Jack guys took one of the main cheerleaders onto into like an uh, it was called like the Moon Room or the Alien Room. Oh yeah. Essentially, it was a giant water bed. Okay. All right. The whole room was a water bed. Okay. Yeah. So so I would like to have a a, a water bed room. Okay. Which I did have a water bed as a child. Never, I would say, in three and a half years, never changed the water. Yeah. And um, did that affect me in any way? I'm going to say <laughs> no. That's fine. My cousin also had a waterbed. Only person I knew who had one and like a kiss poster on the ceiling. And I wanted so bad. Like sometimes he would let me sleep with him. And I wanted so bad to love it. And it was just I could I, I, I wanted like I during the day I loved it to be on and play on and feel like I was like somewhere magical. And then when it came time to fall asleep on it. I was like, I can't do this. I loved everything about it. God, good for you. Yeah, Water I had a good room. one. Good for you. Okay. Got to have a good one. Got to have a good one. Uh, okay. Speaking of got to have a good one, what about three things that you we've given you the power to improve upon? Um, I'm not speaking of what, like, the pressure of, like, suddenly there's world peace or you've cured cancer. Something smaller. Smaller things that we're, uh, we're giving you the power to improve upon for everyone. Like, guess what? Now everyone's turn signal just works. Like, you don't, you, it, your car intuitively knows when you want to turn. You're not ever going to see someone cut someone off in traffic because they will always have their signal on. Do you know what I mean? Like, just little things. Okay. As a man who's been ripped off so much... Of, of my heating and air conditioning and everything in my home. Everyone, we don't need uh, appraisers yeah. anymore. Or, or, right. Like, we all know why something is wrong and if it's wrong. Yes, indeed. I think in anything. Can that be a blanket statement? But Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yeah, the kind of mechanics to... of things, like kind of limited to mechanics versus like, I know that what's wrong is that you were mistreated as a child and that's why you're being mean to me today. Right. That's kind of a different type of- Mechanically speaking. Mechanically right. speaking, you know what's wrong and why yes. it's wrong. Great. Great. Uh, oh, God. Okay. Okay. Right. You know how like uh, you put in 25 cents for Skittles and you get like four of them <laughs> or M&M's? <laughs> No, I want to believe that you have a deep grudge against some sort of Skittles experience after does, picking. Yes, I, I have just, dropped if I Skittles lived twice. There, I would have Skittles <laughs> rained on me, and those mother. That's why I was like, I quickly was like, I mean M and M's, M and M's, not Skittles. <laughs> those are free now. Those are free. Great, free. Yeah. I guess like a vending machine handfuls, free vending machine handfuls. Yep, yep. Great and. Now, in this world, we don't have to bend over for anything. 
No bending over. Ever. I mean, yes, that's it, but our can we do it to our our toes are just as skilled as our hands? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because that leaves room for even wackier shit that would be mm. fantastic, like more climbing and more just the, yes. the general foot dexterity would be amazing. And in that, people don't wear shoes or socks anymore, but it's okay. We all we have We're to all wear in an- this together. We all have to wear uh, wrist support or ankle supporters. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fantastic. Okay. Um, do you want to do old school where I sort of do like a, a shape and squiggle and you tell me when to stop and then we'll all use that to kind of figure out uh, what you get? Sometimes I ask for a word and then, then I just use the word in a secret, you, mysterious what, way. What would you like to do, Janet? I think <laughs> I think I want you to tell me uh, uh, one word to describe the kind of uh, dream you hope to have tonight. Exotic. Great. Okay. Will you tell every? Now listen, you've dropped a lot of things already on this program of places people can find you. You've done a very good job of making it very clear that everyone US- wants you on their podcast. I get oh. it. I'm like eleventeenth <laughs> in line. I get it. Oh. But will was, you tell I, I thought you were gonna say the USA network at two PM where <laughs> Chicago PD is normally. I have gotta brush up on when Chicago PD airs. I just have to. Uh will you tell people uh, where they can find you and what they should be paying attention to and following and all that stuff? Yes. Hi everybody. If you don't, okay, so most importantly, I have a new podcast. I did The Art of Wrestling for like 10 years, and I slowed that down because uh, I talked to every single wrestler ever, which I'm sure Janet can um, relate to. Oh, so many, so many. (laughs) Well, lousy with them. (laughs) So I started a new podcast called Wrestling Anonymous, and Essentially, I'm the I call myself the curator. So people are calling in. Uh, I have a Google Voice number, and they call in and they leave any kind of wrestling, any kind of story, but it has to do something with wrestling. There's this some kind great. of outline with wrestling, and I edit them and I kind of you know make sure that they're digestible and understandable, and I don't let the people that want to leave nine minute voice messages leave nine minute. I have to chop it down to two minutes if That's, I can. Oh, that alone is a lot of work. Let me just say a lot right of work. Yeah. And I thought this one, this podcast would be the one where I didn't have to do that much work. Oh no! But now no, I'm finding out no. it's so no. much work. Uh, and as a perfectionist and a control freak, I won't let anybody help me. So I'm doing all of it myself. Uh, it's called yeah. Wrestling Anonymous. And I I hope you listen to it or give it a shot. Uh, it's very fun. Like half hour episodes. Very fun. Fantastic. I am Twitter and Instagram. Colt Cabana. I'm on Twitch. That's a real joke. But I, I understand the idea of making fun of Twitch. But I do also enjoy it. Yes. Twitch.tv. Yes. Fair. And, I mean, I can go forever. I see you're done. But I, I, I have to plug aew which is on television every wednesday night plug that shit and we're starting to come on watch it don't be yeah we had we had shack and snoop dogg wrestle on our show during the pandemic and mike tyson so that's a good group but of all those i have to say snoop snoop delights me and surprises me the most often he did a splash off the top rope that was so atrocious it was amazing (laughs) (laughs) would you what what else would you expect (laughs) No, that's exactly, but I, you know, I, I, I know what he came he would, to do. Yeah, I hope he would have like landed perfectly, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. So we're uh, we're touring live. 
uh, check out a town near you. And I'm also touring independently as a wrestler and, and comedy sometimes. So uh, ColtCabana.com has all of that information. Oh, and I did a comedy. I did a documentary. I told you about the Comedians of Comedy one. That was Wrestling yeah. Road Diaries 1. But the third one I did, Wrestling Road Diaries 3, is called Fun Equals Money. And it's about the dissection of comedy wrestling, which I do. And we do like a little short little tour. And then we also kind of talk about how and why comedy wrestling works. Oh, and that's so great. That's, that would be like one if you're not into wrestling but you like comedy, uh, you could watch that. Listen, I gotta, uh, first of all, I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> I'm going to have to cancel some stuff today. Um, okay, I am feeling very good about these results. Uh, I first want to congratulate you. Oh, man, I don't even know where to start. This all feels like it's of a piece. I'm very glad about that. Number one, I want you to rest assured that not only is anybody going to try to tell you that they need money from you to fix a thing in your air conditioning or heater mm. or anything else in your home that doesn't need fixing or that they just, maybe it does, but they just know they can gouge you. That's mm. never going to happen. So mm. if something goes wrong with that, if something goes wrong in your water bedroom, mm. you're mm. going to know what it is. You're going to change out that water. I feel very sure that it, you'll probably feel better changing out that water. It's an entire room of water bed. You're going to want to cycle that out. Water some plants. Uh, you do live in a mansion. You know how to do that. So oh. I've now. So here I've combined some things. So yeah, you got your water bedroom, and you know how everything works, uh, and you know, and you've given that gift to other people too. So we all know. We know. We're on to you, gougers. Uh, know how to fix it. Know what's wrong. Um, I also want to congratulate you on uh, your ability to make boots. Specifically, I guess. Well, you didn't say wrestling boots. You mentioned wrestling boots, but you said you want to be a boot maker. Mm-hmm. So uh, name the boot. I would say I would say maybe don't wear the pointy ones you make if you're going into your water bedroom. Uh, I would say also congratulations for uh, your collaboration with the great Andy Kaufman. That is something I would very much like to see. So we are going to make it happen here. Again, I did say you had a mansion, so the water bedroom makes sense there. But you also have a water bedroom uh, right where you a- are. Andy would love a water bedroom, I feel. Oh, please. Are you kidding me? Never come out. We're going to do so many bits in that water bedroom. You're going to do so many bits. And also, we all know that's going to be physically taxing because uh, that's a lot to keep balance on, a water bedroom. You're going to be able to refuel on Circa 91 Caesars Pizza Pizzas. Uh, pan, pan, deep pan pizza. Oh no! I think, are they are they big wanted? Caesars now? Because they seem to have gotten rid of the little part. Oh, I thought I said little Caesars pizza pizza. Mm, you just said Caesars. I said Caesars pizza. I'm trying to make them bigger. I gotta let it go. Let them be small. Let them yeah. be little Caesar. He doesn't well, need it, more of an ego complex that he already has. Because in '91 they were selling. You buy one, you got one free. Yeah. But you're like, stop doing two pizzas. Just make that one. Two pizzas, one size, right? No, I don't like. Makes... I don't like that. I regret everything I said. In by everything, I mean that I didn't say little. What I said, okay. Caesar's Pizza, 19, circa nineteen ninety one, Little Caesar's Pizza, pizza. Uh, I want to congratulate you as well on your ability to jump into the film over the top whenever mm. you so desire. Get in there, get in that world. Maybe do a little arm wrestling. I don't know. Uh, I want to finally. Oh, there it is. There it is. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the movie That's poster. That's really you. <laughs> you can't. I know this is an audio thing, but this was a birthday gift I, I got. I want to say, rest assured, it does appear to be the original poster, yet there <laughs> is Cole Cabana wrestling, arm wrestling, sweatily in a gorgeous way 
with none other than Sly Stallone. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little worried that your romantic partner in this alternate universe, uh, bloodshot eyes Michael Jordan, is going to be a little bit, maybe a little jealous. Maybe a little intimidated by uh, this whole over-the-top situation that you're going to be able to jump into whenever you want. I hope that you two can work that out together. Um, I uh, I think probably some of the best healing that's going to happen in that relationship is in your second home in the uh, very much appreciated Skittles Rainforest. Mm. You know what I mean? So you didn't get the everything comes out and is a free handful, but you yourself, I mean... You can go to the Skittles Rainforest whenever you want. Uh, me, myself, and Bloodshot Eyes, Michael Jordan. And bloodshot Eyes and Taste the Rainbow together mm-hmm. right out of the air. Mm. Just open up. There they and are. You, you can only assume that Michael also got us a deal with Skittles. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, this so, is going to be an ongoing partnership. Oh, not with just Jordan, but with Skittles and beyond. Mm. I can't guarantee that some other things might not pop up. I don't know if the Lucky Charms guy's going to show up. There may be also a pot of Lucky Charms at the end of this rainbow. I don't know how many rainbows there are at any given time, where they end or where they begin. Well, they begin in the Skittles rainforest. That's right. All rainbows begin. So there you go. Oh, well, yeah. then you won't. But you'll never see him because he's always, he's going to be at the end of the rainbow. At the end. Yep. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. What was I thinking? Uh, this has been so much fun. I cannot believe I have to get off in four minutes and get on a very boring conference call that will be the opposite of this. Uh, thank you so much for doing the podcast. My only final offer, uh, if you're interested, is to sing a snippet of Don Henley's Boys of Summer. If it's something that you can conjure off the top of your head, I, I know the listeners would appreciate it. I would certainly appreciate it, but no pressure. I only can start from the point that I'm going to start from. And, perfect. Uh, that perfect. was the uh, Boys of summer. Yes. That's all. Parts of that. (laughs) Tell me how it starts. Tell me how it starts. It was reminiscent of the song Boys of Summer. All the components were there. They were a little shuffled around, (laughs) but all the components were there. They were all there. It was like the pepperoni was on the bottom of the pizza, but it was still a little Caesar's pizza. From 1991, so don't you worry. I, I just had this conversation of how I know no words to any songs and just the hooks, and somehow it just. The, on the, I just did a podcast with my friend in the UK, telling and that conversation came up. Yeah, and now That's called hubris, I, my friend. That's called uh, hubris or stalking. You were in on that podcast conversation. <laughs> And just, and just knew. Didn't wasn't I very very uh, over the speaking of over the top? I was very over the top about not knowing any Scots. Like to a degree that was a little uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know any Scottish people. Me, no. Now you know why. I was I was covering because I was talking. That was the <laughs> the boys, boys of, of summer. summer. Please listen to the song after this, so you know how very <laughs> close you were. Thank you again, my new friend. I will talk to everybody else on the podcast next time. Everyone be safe. I want to feel, uh, I want you to feel free to get vaccinated if you haven't been. That's all. I'm just going to throw that out there. We're all in this together. It's fine. It's everyone's choice. I did I'm it. thinking about you. I Why did wouldn't it. you do it? I did it. Not uh, by you. I mean everyone. And uh, Yeah, exactly. Everyone. And that means you too, John Favreau. Yeah, I fans. know. I know. He listens to the podcast from inside And all, all you boys of summer... Go get that vaccination. This one's for you! The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.